Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I'm so happy to have you with me here today. And don't forget, you can also find me on YouTube and the Oath Keepers channel. You can find me at chrisannhall.com. And our podcast, uh, Just Audio, is on SoundCloud, on Google Music Play, iTunes, Spotify, and a number of other platforms that I'm simply unaware of. So make sure you reach out not only and, and listen to our shows, but also make sure that you share our shows. Spread the, spread the wisdom around because it is only a proper education that will actually move America back in its proper direction. It's, it's very interesting that the topic today that I have is, is, is very emotionally charged. And it's what I was talking to uh, my students about this morning, about media, about this portrayal of hate in America. Uh, the media is all about hate. It's all about division. It's all about anger. It's all about mistreatment. And these are the topics today that get the headlines. And these are the topics today that get the most of the media play. And if we're to sit down and think about what is the one connecting factor in all of these headlines that you see today, division, political division, racial division, uh, economic division, geographic division, uh, hate speech, hate crimes, discrimination, this, that, and the other. What are all of these things? Violence, what are they? They're all negative. Our media profits off the negative today. But I, as I ask my students, I want to ask you, what is it in your personal life that reaffirms the media and political presentation of reality in America? I'll suggest to you nothing, absolutely nothing. Because on our daily lives, that's why a lot of people are checked out of the news because they say, well, you know, that doesn't really affect me. That doesn't describe me. That's not who we are. But that's what we're being fed. Why do you think people are, are constantly uh, at each other's throats on social media? Because negativity is what we're constantly being fed. We used to have in news, 
you know, the, the, the human events section or the, the philanthropic section or, or the story of the day of, of, of amazing feats of humankind. There's no place for that in media today. There's no place in politics for that today. If you have something like that, and I'm going to show you today, even if you have a public interest piece that should make us feel good about humanity and make us feel good about ourselves, yet still, there is that agenda to sow the seed of division and negativity. I don't want my America to be like that. I don't want my child to grow up in that kind of forced false reality. I know it's a false reality. And I'm not just talking about my neighborhood. We have been teaching and traveling all across America for a decade now. We've averaged the last seven years, 260 meetings in over 22 states every single year. With this year to be the exception, you could, and in any of those past years, you could have found me in a different city, if not every single week, every single day. We actually vacationed at home. We spent more time on the road, only four days out of the year on average, uh, four days out of a month on average, were we actually at home. Four days every month. And I can tell you from personal experience of expanded geographic relationships and meetings that what you see in politics and media today is not America. But I do have to ask you, how long before that's who we become? Because that's all we're ingesting. I've had trials and tribulations on the road. I've had flat tires. I've had my car break down. I've been lost. We've been nearly out of gas in the middle of nowhere, Idaho. Try to find a gas station when you're driving through Idaho. Every single time we've needed assistance, people have stopped to help us. Nobody came up to me and asked me my political affiliation before they would help me on the side of the road. Nobody would ask me my personal beliefs. Nobody said, no, 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 I'm not going to help you because you're a white girl. Nobody. I have been, I have been blessed by people of all colors, of all relational backgrounds, of all geographic heritage in 10 years. And that is who America really is. And my fear, because that we are constantly being force-fed, and I believe this is by design, a house divided cannot stand. Unity in liberty is a, dis- is a, a powerful 
limiting factor for government and those who seek power. They don't want us to notice that we are not different on the inside. They don't want us to notice that that liberty, we all want to have liberty. We all want to be free. We all want to be left alone to to live in our homes and raise our children and have gardens and collect water and plant things and buy a car and have our business. We want to be free to do all of those things without government manipulation and intimidation and control. We all want that. We all do. Now, I know there's people that speak out for government control. Those are two types of people. Those are the people who know that that's how they gain power. Or those are the people who don't realize what they're asking for actually affects themselves. Because here's the crazy thing. I have had conversations with people who consider themselves to be hardcore libertarians, you know, the most liberty-seeking people that you can find, right? I have found those people and I've had conversations with some of them. And in those conversations, these people who profess and even are leaders in their organization to strive for the least amount of government possible, Many of them still have an issue, a personal issue, where they don't realize they're begging for despotic government control. Let me just give you an example. A young man at a libertarian national conference talking about how we have too much government, government in this and government in that and government in everywhere and we can govern ourselves. We're, we're grown people. We don't need to be having a mommy-daddy government over us all the time. And in that same conversation came out and said that creationism cannot be supported by science, therefore the government schools ought to be teaching nothing but evolution and that we should not allow any school to teach creationism anywhere. Now let me remind you, this is a libertarian who says, I don't want government in what I believe and how I think and where I live. I need to be free to make my choices. I need to be free to make my mistakes. I need to be free to believe how I believe. And in the very same conversation, his bias against Christianity, his bias against, uh, in favor of, of evolution, drove him to actually create legislation to at least inhibit, if not prevent, private schools from teaching creationism. Now, it didn't connect with him. Seriously, JC and I had this conversation with him, and we looked at him and went, bro, seriously, do you hear what you're saying? We had to speak to him for at least 20 minutes and show him where his logic was headed and where it came from. And at the end of the conversation, he was like, whoa, I had no idea. I believe because we are force-fed division, because we are force-fed hatred, because we are force-fed discrimination, because we are force-fed these these strict ideological principles that interfere with freedom of conscience, we actually believe 
that some ideas should never be voiced in society. Now, this is where I'm going to lose some people because I believe in the free marketplace of ideas. I believe that when government eliminates certain topics of discussion, you cannot be the finder, the owner, the discoverer of your truth. Truth becomes the victim when the government controls what speech is allowed and what is not allowed. Okay, so you have your business, don't allow certain speech in there. You have your home, don't allow certain speech in there. You have your church, don't allow certain speech in there. These are private things. But when government programs and government agencies and government-created laws start dictating what we can say and what we cannot say, then you are not free. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. You know, a very specific aspect of liberty is self governance. And Inherent in the responsibility of self-governance is a sense of morality. That's the definition of liberty. Liberty equals freedom, the freedom to do whatever you want, plus morality, that understanding that there are some things that I will not do because they're wrong, because laws don't stop crimes. Laws just stop law-abiding citizens from doing things. Crimes happen when people who don't respect the law commit them. And creating laws and government force to dictate what we can and cannot say, that's not morality. And it's certainly not liberty. It's, it's despotism, it's, it's dictatorship, and that's not who we are. It doesn't matter if the majority of the people in society think that their opinion and their perspective is the most enlightened ever seen in the universe. The moment the government starts forcing a perspective on a people, it is wrong. And that's why I want to talk to you today about the Demo House Democrats targeting tax-exempt status of quote-unquote hate groups as defined by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now this article just came out September 25th. I want you to understand, we have been absolutely reassured by members of Congress and the executive branch that the Southern Poverty Law Center has no influence over what they do and how they work. Now this is actually something that was uh, this forced testimony from those in power because the Southern Poverty Law Center has been proven to be a biased hate group designed to divide people not based on fact but based on lies. Okay, I'll show you this. This is just based on lies because they throw people into their hate list 
They lump everybody together based on their enlightened ideology of the definition of hate. So they lump, lame, they lump together mainstream conservative groups such as the Family Research Council, Center for Sec Security Policy, Alliance Defending Freedom, with real groups like the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan and the Aryan Brotherhood, yet they don't talk about Antifa. Okay? And they'll talk about the Black Panthers but they will not out Antifa as a hate group. So they're not even a, a fair and balanced assessment, right? They have their agenda, their political agenda, and it's built on lies. I'll tell you just right off the bat, I am on the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center's list of anti-government extremist hate groups. I'm also on their hate watch list for teaching the Constitution for teaching that government is limited and defined, that they don't have whatever power they want to exercise, that the federal government isn't always supreme over the states and the state constitutions, and that the people, through their states, have an authority to check and balance the federal government. Teaching the Constitution the way those who ratified the Constitution designed it to work in the eyes of the Southern Poverty Law Center, makes me a hate, an anti-government hate group. So Fred Lucas, who is the White House correspondent for the Daily Signal and co-host of The Right Side of History, he has a that's his podcast, he authored this article called House Democrats Target Tax-Exempt Status of Hate Groups as Defined by the Left. He's specifically talking about the Southern Poverty Law Center. So the Ways and Means Committee had a hearing on how hate groups are getting tax-exempt status and how tax-exempt status ought not benefit what the, the left and the Southern, specifically the Southern Poverty Law Center, defines as hate. So if you're going to have a tax-exempt status group, you must fall in line with the Southern Poverty Law Center's seal of approval or the Democratic House Ways and Means Committee says you don't, and catch this now, you don't deserve a tax break. Now when we get back from the break, we're going to actually get into this. I'm going to show you how wicked this actually is. Again, men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal I made sure I put up there during the break our liberty first gear being necessary for this security of the free state. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I put up all those scary, scary guns just to make sure that I am on the list. I'm on the list. I've been on the list for over five years now. I'm fully aware of the fact that I am on the list. So here's the thing. I want us to understand. These people in spite of what 
the Trump administration is telling us, despite what your congressman is saying, this extremist, actual hating, discriminating group called the Southern Poverty Law Center is dictating policy in politics. And they ought to be prevented from doing that. I'm, I am trying to bring forward a legal action to file an injunction against the federal government from using anything given by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Can you imagine how freaked out people would be if our federal government started getting advice from the Ku Klux Klan or from the Aryan Nation? Can you imagine how freaked out people would be? I'm going to tell you, and this is going to be this is going to be shocking to some people. The Southern Poverty Law Center is no different from those two groups. They're just the different side of the same coin. They are not reasonable. They are not truthful. They are liars. And I will say that with the boldness of my spirit because they have personally written about me. They have written articles about me where they've actually emailed me the questions. I've sent them my answers. They have them in writing. It's not where they can misunderstand what they said or claim they had a bad signal when we were talking on the phone. They had my response in writing. I actually even gave them my PowerPoint presentation and they still lied in an article about who I was and what I say. These people are wicked. And our federal government ought to be prevented and prohibited by law from having any kind of dealings with these people. But now what we have is the House Ways and Means Committee actually using this list to determine who gets a tax credit or not. The House Ways and Means Subcommittee hearing, uh, I'm sorry, the Ways and Means Com Subcommittee held a hearing September 19th titled how the tax code subsidizes hate. Now there is a point that I have been trying to make for years. And this works right here. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that God give me the proper language, the proper way of communicating so that this will reach the minds and the hearts of those watching. This point that I have been trying to make based on the completely unconstitutional, unprincipled application of income tax, has now, after over a hundred years, led our federal government to actually believe, and I believe the citizens of America as well, that your money that you give them in the payment of taxes is not your money at all, it's theirs. And whether they write you a check and give you money or they allow you to keep what they think is there, i.e. tax credit, you owe them. Let's just be clear. If they give you a check, you owe them. Right? Because they're paying for you. They're benefiting. When the government gives grant money, you have to play by their tune. It's why the food banks that used to be Christian who were taking, uh, you know, government cheese and bread and oats or whatever they have or receiving financial aid can no longer participate in prayer 
with the people who come to get that food unless those people specifically go to a different location than where they're handing out the food and, and ask for that prayer. You are no longer a private food bank if you re receive federal money. You're no longer a private school if you receive state or federal money. You're no longer a private anything if you receive grant money because the government believes, I know it's your tax dollars. I seriously know that. I know that you're giving me to that, but you don't know that. We don't know that. They don't know that. And I mean that in a general sense. Why else would the government call what we give them revenue? The government has no source of revenue. They take from our revenue in the form of taxation. And our founders were very clear. It's still our property. My goodness, I've written articles about property. I've written articles about the direct taxation on the people, about how our founders referred to tax dollars as public property. They would be completely aghast at the idea that the American people accept the rhetoric that the federal government's tax are the money that we give the federal government is revenue. But now we see through the House Ways and Means subcommittee, even the title, how the tax code subsidizes hate. If you get a tax credit, it means you're not paying taxes. You're not paying a tax on what everybody else is paying a tax. You're getting a subsidy they say in taxes. A subsidy is a handout. It's a it's it's them giving you something. A realistic educated person would know a tax credit is me actually keeping what belongs to me and not having to turn it over to the government. But now we've become such entrenched in this warped education and this warped ideology that the government and the majority of the American people believe that a tax credit is the government giving you something. And now we have them doing this. So the House Ways and Means Committee has an official Twitter site, and they tweeted out, over 60 hate groups receive tax-exempt status every year meaning taxpayers are subsidizing the continued operation of these organizations. Taxpayers are subsidizing. You know what? If I earn something and I keep it for myself, nobody is subsidizing me. I earned that. It's mine. I'm subsidizing... I'm subsidizing the government when I give them money. Nobody is subsidizing me when I keep what is mine. When I have to give something to someone else, I am subsidizing them. The transfer of money from me to someone else by, by you know, voluntarily or by force through the tax system, I am subsidizing someone else. But if I earned it and I keep it, no one is subsidizing me but me. It's mine. I'm keeping it. But this is how things get all warped and turned around. Meaning taxpayers are subsidizing the continued operations of these organizations. It's unacceptable that your money continues to help propagate hatred from groups like these. If I am keeping what is mine, I'm not getting your money. Your money is not coming to me. My money is staying with me. Can we see the difference? A tax-exempt status is not the same as a federal grant. 
but yet they're conflating these terms so that you will become outraged that something's going to be different, that they can control speech. That's what this really is about. The Democratic National Committee controlling speech. Remember Lois Lerner getting in trouble. Do you remember Lois Lerner getting in trouble for discriminating against tax-exempt status for Tea Party groups and conservative groups? Well, now they want to make that as a practice of law. John Lewis, a Democrat from Georgia, chairman of the, of the Ways and Means sub Subcommittee on oversight, oversight, said in the September 19th hearing, some of these organizations promote hate based on race, gender, religion, sexual orientation, or ethnicity. Their actions taint the good work of all tax-exempt organizations. I want you to see that the government actually believes that they are responsible, that they are the source of charitable organizations, that charitable organizations would not exist without the federal government. Representative Susan Delbean from Washington State, Democrat also says, hate groups have no business receiving tax exemptions from the federal government. Tax exemptions. I, I just, you know, I simply can't leap over this fact that these people actually believe that me keeping what is mine is a benefit of them to me. Oh, geez. Thank you, Mr. Robber, for allowing me to keep the money that's in my pocket that I earned and I put there myself. Would you be grateful to a, to a thief who held a gun to your face and said, give me all your money, but I'll let you keep 20 bucks? Does that somehow displace the robbery that's actually taking place? You're supposed to be grateful for that? See, these are the kind of things that get me on the hate group list, right? So if you're watching me on, on YouTube right now, I've got a little clip up there, a little picture of how Chris Ann Hall is on the anti-government extremist hate group list. I want us to understand that this is not who we are. And it is absolutely and completely contrary to the Constitution for the government to be able to dictate what we can believe, what we can say, and what we can think, and what we can do. It's not in their realm of, of authority. It's not been delegated to them. And this particular act that these, these members of the House Ways and Means Committee are proffering are not just simply, you know, wrong. They're immoral. They're a violation of freedom of speech. What they want to do is limit what you can and cannot say. You see, if the government is giving a benefit, and I'm, and I'm just going to put it in that framework for now out of convenience, because allowing me to keep what I've earned is not a benefit. It's a right. But if we look at this from the aspect of a benefit, if the government is handing out benefits, they cannot hand out benefits or retain benefits based on what you say or what you believe. That is the absolute reason for the First Amendment, that the government cannot pick sides. They can't define good speech, bad speech. They cannot interfere with the freedom of conscience. And limiting or handing out benefits on whether you agree with the government or not 
is clearly and ought to be automatically understood to be unconstitutional. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I want to please remind you, go to libertyfirstuniversity.com, libertyfirstuniversity.com for your real constitutional education. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, it's on the ticker below. Everybody look below. You can see the Liberty First scrolls by, Chris Ann Hall scrolls by. Go there. Go get your Liberty gear there. Sign up and get your constitutional education. If you agree with everything that I'm saying, you're like, Chris Ann, I'm not one of those people who doesn't get it. I get it. Well, then spread it. Teach others. Well, I don't know how. We'll give a libertyfirstuniversity.com subscription to someone. I'll do it for you. Let me do it. You can go to chrisannhall.com and, and get the videos and download them. Have a group meeting. Start having a constitution a study group at your house and let me teach it. I can do that for you. Liberty First University teaches it in such a way it'll be like listening to a radio show. It's so easy. Plus, you have stuff you can you can hand out and, and information you can read and resources at your fingertips. This has got to stop somewhere, and it's not going to stop in the House Ways and Means Committee. It's not going to stop in the Democrat Party. It's not going to stop in the Republican Party because we don't see any opposition in favor of liberty on either side. The opposition all comes from political platforms and political positions. We need, we the people, to become educated to the point that we can't sit still anymore, that being a keyboard warrior is not enough anymore. We have to be the people that take a stand. Have to be. And that will only happen if we get education. The proper education. We need to get motivated. I want to share with you one last story. Carson King raised more than a million dollars for charity off a sign asking for beer money. So let me let me tell you, he held up a sign that appeared by chance on ESPN's college game day show before the game. And if you're watching me on YouTube, you can see the sign. It says, Bush Light Supply Needs Replenished. And then he gives a Venmo and his handle on Venmo so people could donate money, right? And so he started getting money. He got like $600, boom. And he told his friends and family members, wow, I totally never expected this. I'm giving everything that I get to charity. So when the word got out, I mean, it started getting picked up by the news and people started looking around and going, whoa, this dude is cool. Everything that he did not have to do this, by the way, he did not have to give his money away to charity, but he did. He gave it all away to charity. And we have we had business organizations hopping up and saying, I will match whatever you get. You got Bush Light saying, woohoo, this is the best advertisement campaign that has dropped on our desk like Santa Claus in a long time. They actually made a beer can with his face on it and promised to match all the donations that came in. And they gave him a benefit of 60 cans of beer a month for the for the rest of his or for a year or rest of his life or something like that. He's even giving those away. 
Now, I don't drink beer, and I'm not advocating the drinking of beer, but I'm just telling you what is the generosity of this particular guy. Well, the Des Moines Register picked up this article talking about Meet Carson King, the Iowa legend who raised more than a million for charity off of a sign asking for beer money. They talk about what he's done. They're, oh, that's right, the 60 cans of beer per month for 12 months for a total of 720 cans branded with his face proclaiming King, an Iowa legend. He's going to give them away. So what is, what is this Aaron Calvin of the Des Moines Register do? He digs through he digs through Carson's uh, Facebook page, right? Carson is now 24 years old. He digs through Carson's Facebook page and finds a, a Facebook post when he was 16 years old making an off-color joke, and he publishes it. Well, instantly... Our galvanic reaction in society is we're going to condemn him because of this off-color joke that he made when he was 16 years old. And now all these businesses are disassociating with him. He's coming under, under social attack, social media attack. He's getting threats. Even though this guy did something amazing for the community, Aaron Calvin, the despicable so-called journal, to hold something against him when he was 16 years old because he had to reach into the gutter and find a story of hate and division, even in the midst of somebody doing good in society. And this is what I'm talking about, people. Aaron Calvin is a despicable human being. He's the one that should be criticized, not Mr. King. <laughs>